Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We are talking NBA Finals. And we are previewing the main card of USC 264 and so much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome into a new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers. Let's start off by telling you all about Skull Candy. Mini and mighty dime earbuds from Skull Candy. They bring, uh, they, they say bring on those expensive look at me earbud brands because dime backs down to no one. You get easy to use controls, a comfortable fit, and the signature Skull Candy Supreme sound all in a beautiful tiny package and for a beautiful tiny price of just $24.99. Only Skull Candy headphones are custom tuned to deliver music you can feel from the lyrics in your soul to the bass in your bones. The dime earbuds at Skull Candy for $24.99. You can find them by clicking on the link in the YouTube description or the podcast notes, and they'll take you right there. Incredible devices, four different colors you get to choose from, and the controls are there on the earbud, the volume control, so you don't have to pull your phone out, uh, and other controls, of course, as well. Then Yeti Cooler Summer is here, and Yeti has everything you need to gear up for the weekends. The Roadie 24 Hard Cooler to store your drinks and food. The Rambler 12-ounce Colster Can Insulator. Uh, to keep your drink ice cold and the Crossroads 22-inch luggage for your travel are just some of the great products that will enhance your summer experience. Click the Yeti link in the YouTube description or the podcast notes. That way they know that we sent you and find yourself your new Yeti merchandise right there for you. We've got a great episode for you in just a few moments. We'll be joined by Parker Ainsworth of Belly Up Sports, uh, the hoops department, and we're going to talk NBA finals. After that, we're going to be discussing UFC 264. I'm going to give you all the winners from the main card of UFC 264 so you're ready for it right there. That'll be following Parker Ainsworth. First, I want to just talk about a few quick things, starting with baseball Eloy Jimenez, the Chicago White, White Sox star outfielder, says he is healthy and ready to go. He says he feels better than he did in spring training, and uh, he'll start his rehab assignment. So after the All-Star break, uh, soon after the All-Star break, you should see Eloy Jimenez back in the lineup for Chicago, a boost that they could definitely use, even though they're having a great season so far. He should only make them better. If you're a fantasy baseball player, if you don't already have him on your roster and sitting on your I.L., uh, you're probably too late. Someone else probably already has him, but it'll go look right now, see if he's there, and if he is, pick him up. Speaking of Chicago, how about them Cubs? Uh, not flying the W very much here as of late, and the Chicago Cubs seem to be just going the complete wrong direction. As a matter of fact, 
the word on the street and what makes the most sense is it's time for a teardown in Chicago. The Cubs could be sellers at the trade deadline coming up here in just a couple of weeks when they've got a few players there that they could definitely move for pieces. How much will they blow it up? We do not know, uh, but it is definitely needed right now. That uh, National League Central Division, Milwaukee is currently uh, in front and solidly in front, but they play a long series against the Reds. The Reds could make up some ground this week against Milwaukee. Right now, though, Milwaukee's the only team that's been playing uh, good at least the most consistently, I should say. But they did lose, you know, two, two in a row and nonetheless come back and shut out the second game against the Mets yesterday. And uh, their pitching staff has been phenomenal with Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and even the back-end rotation starting to, to pitch a lot better as well. The offense has been scoring runs. Milwaukee's dangerous. And the way that Chicago's been playing, the way that St. Louis has been playing, Cincinnati's about the only team left to really compete with Milwaukee. And now's the time to start that for Cincinnati. I have been very, very upfront with saying I think Cincinnati will be one of the worst teams in the second half of the season. I think they're going to fall off. I don't think it's going to be pretty for them. Their bullpen is horrendous. Starting pitching has not been great, although there has been some improvement there. And they've got two guys in the all-star game starting in the outfield, but can that pace keep up? I don't think it can. For that reason, it's time uh, for Cincinnati to be looking at what they're going to do at the trade deadline, uh, which is intriguing as well. We're going to get on a guest here in the next couple episodes to talk about the Major League Baseball trade deadline. So we'll talk about that more there. Then professional athletes having some legal issues. Trevor Bauer, his leave of absence has been extended another seven days as they continue to investigate uh, the reports of the going-ons there with Trevor Bauer. As we have said uh, in the last episode, if you didn't listen, I encourage you to go back and listen. We talked uh, a little bit more about this subject, but Trevor Bauer, is, uh, it's yet to be proven that uh, um, he did what he's accused of doing. It's, uh, it's a sketchy situation, and this is a situation that could end Trevor Bauer's career just when it was really at its heights. And it'll be interesting to see how Major League Baseball decides to go about it, how the Dodgers decide to go about it. And uh, what all shakes down with it all, they're going to be as patient as they can with getting all the facts, knowing exactly what happened, knowing whose side to believe or how it blends in the middle. And uh, if, if it comes out, though, that what he's accused of is legit, uh, his career's over in Major League Baseball. So we'll see what happens with that. But that extended leave, although, you know, that was somewhat expected. And we talked about that in the last episode or maybe it was last night on the fantasy baseball show, Belly Up Fantasy Live. But uh, nonetheless, it has been talked about, and the expectation was he would not be back after the first seven days. Uh, we're looking at Trevor Bauer missing at least maybe two or three starts before it all gets figured out. And then from there, it's either season over for Trevor Bauer or back to normal for Trevor Bauer. Then in Patty and Paris, James Harden, uh, gets detained and released. Uh, a little bit of drug issues going on in Paris. He's enjoying his time off, uh, healing, uh, medicinally apparently as well in Paris. Uh, but nothing too much to see it, to see with the situation. Just an interesting side note of what is going on with the, uh, well, athletes, you know, they just, they're going to do what they want to do. And, uh, until, until they get caught, they'll keep on doing it. And maybe after they get caught, they'll keep doing it too. But nonetheless, uh, some intriguing legal matters amongst uh, celebrities or, excuse me, professional athletes here as well. 
All right. If you're listening on the podcast version, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be with Parker Ainsworth of Belly Up Sports Hoops Department. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And you're with us live, so let's give you Parker Ainsworth. We are joined now by basketball savant. I don't even know what that means. Uh, Parker <laughs> Ainsworth from Belly Up Sports. Parker, thanks for being back with us. Thanks for having me. And thanks for calling me a savant. I don't know if I've ever been called that before. <laughs> uh, well, I legitimately don't know what it means, but I've heard it said before. You're the teacher. I'm sure I'm sure you so – I, I know it's not a knock. So, yeah. uh, so. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Mr. Ainsworth. We're talking NBA Finals. We are finally made it. Phoenix. And uh, Milwaukee made it here after an intriguing playoff run. Uh, lots of injuries, lots of things happened along the way. We get through game one, and the Suns looked uh, pretty solid, I'd say, in game one. Uh, would you say that as well? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, the First of all, the big story before the start of game one, right, was Giannis ended up not just playing but starting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, frankly, came out the gates kind of strong. He, had, he ended up having a good night by most people saying, I think, you know, People might expect a little more scoring out of an MVP, but he had 17 <laughs> rebounds. And um, and it didn't really matter, right? The the Bucks right. still kind of ran away with the game. It was 20 points at one point in the fourth. Um, and, and we'll break all down in a second, I'm sure. But it was – I would not have guessed it was a blowout with Giannis playing. Um, and so that was a little bit shocking. Um, but we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second, I'm sure. But that, that was, I think, the surprise to me. Yeah. You know, as soon as they upgraded Giannis to questionable, you had to assume he was going to play. And yeah. we were live on Tuesday night, um, and I think it was about 8.45 that they officially put out that he was going to play. And uh, so we broke the news right here on the sports <laughs> show. But, uh, um, you know, going into this series, I picked the Suns to win in six, but I said even when I picked them, I said I'm not confident in that. And what I saw through game one, even when the game was close in the early goings, to me it just looked like Phoenix was in complete control. So I guess my question is, though, we've seen them throughout the playoffs look really good at times, and then we've seen them look really bad at times. So what's the chances we're going to get any consistency in this finals? Well, I think that's, frankly, a question for for both squads, right? There, yeah. I mean, the Milwaukee team in the Brooklyn series, you watch them the first two games, even with the injuries Brooklyn has, you're like, this is a wash. And then they trade out Kyrie for limping Harden, and then Milwaukee, you know, wins – for the next five after going down 0-2. So like, I, I think that that's a question you can ask both ways. Out of Phoenix, I think the interesting thing, if you look at it, is 
Chris Paul with his, you know, he, he apparently got COVID that, you know, cause he's got the vaccine or whatever. And so he still had to take a week off, but he had it or whatever. That might've actually worked out in their favor now. Cause now he's like super rested. He looks, right. he looks as good as he's ever looked at this point. I mean, I say this point of the year, it's not like everyone plays in July very often, but it, he looks very rested for a guy this, this far into the season. And that's really working in their benefit. I mean, you know, in the last two games, he's combined for 70 something points. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's unlike him in the best kind of way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it is fascinating. Well, let's stick with Phoenix then. Chris Paul, you know, first of all, I, I said this before, I'm, I was never a big Chris Paul guy. I didn't necessarily dislike him. I was just never a big Chris Paul guy. This year, and specifically the playoffs, I have transitioned to all in on Chris Paul. Love love what he's doing. Love what he's meant to the team in Phoenix. How he knows his role. He's still an important key player on the court. But you can see he understands, hey, I'm on my way out. These guys are on their way up. We can we can help each other get what we want. At the same time, he's actually investing into these guys. I mean, all the stories coming out about Chris yeah. Paul and DeAndre Ayton has been phenomenal to hear. Um, so let's start with Chris Paul. You had up close uh, uh, encounters with Chris Paul <laughs> while he was in Houston. So, you know, are you seeing from him what you saw in Houston? Because I know you were always a proponent. Had he not gotten hurt, Houston probably was in the championship. Yeah, and I, I wrote a deal actually the day saying that Rockets fans should be rooting for the Suns in this in this series because the teams are fairly the eighteen Rockets team that Chris Paul gets hurt on the Western Conference Finals, and this Suns team are very similarly put together, right? You've got a defensive minded, rim running center that's very athletic, and Houston had Clint Capella, DeAndre Aiden is a younger athletic guy, right? Uh, you know, they have Jay Crowder and they have uh Tory Craig and Mikhail Bridges and these wings that are three and D guys that are kind of tough, kind of long. Houston had Trevor Reza. Houston had Luke Mbamute. Houston used PJ Tucker, like, like the same kind of role. And then they both had a dynamic score at two guard. You're a Kentucky guy, right? You've seen Devin Booker go off a bunch of points. Oh yeah. Houston had MVP James Harden. And then they both have Chris Paul at point. And, and like, I think that that's an interesting, like clearly that team works for Chris. Um, he's scoring in bunches the last couple of games this year in ways he didn't necessarily in Houston, but he's great at the tempo. I was interesting when I was doing research for that, that this year's Suns team ran 97.6 possessions per game. And that 18 Rockets team ran 97.2 possessions per game. I mean, that it's the pace of play is very much a, like he's dictating that. Um, and it, you know, the leadership thing you talk about, he and Monty Williams know each other from earlier in their career. So it's very much the same messaging across the board. Um, he's got a younger, more impressionable team in Phoenix, and that may be working in his favor because he's kind of the old veteran, you know, and guys that are listening. You know, Devin Booker's a phenomenal basketball player. He's 24, right? Like, like he's going <laughs> to listen to that. Um, Mikhail Bridge is kind of the same thing. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, you mentioned, kind of the same thing, right? Great basketball players but are young. But I, I've really enjoyed watching them this playoffs. It seems like they've got – just an endless bench too. And it, anyway, uh, the Chris Paul has been fun to watch as a leader. He seems to be very in control of the basketball game. That's really fun to watch. Yeah. And we'll learn a lot more about the Suns bench with Sarich being out now with the ACL yeah. injury. He was a very important piece and he wasn't, he didn't necessarily play major minutes, but he always played and he was an important piece. Now you're looking at, I mean, I don't, I can't believe they're going to keep playing Kaminsky off the bench. Cause <laughs> I mean, he didn't look great when he was out there. Uh, no, you know, but, I, I liken Sarich to uh, Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints. Like mm. he's the wild card that like he's a three point shooting center 
So as a defense, like I got to spend time at practice prepping to like spread the floor like that. And he might play six minutes, but like, I have to be ready for that the same way. Like a wildcat quarterback, like Taysom Hill, like we have to know our checks for when he's in the game. And that just, that takes up time, frankly, and and not having to practice for that really. And, you know, obviously you want to be healthy too, just for like humanity's sake of it, but (laughs) yes, yeah, it it, it helps Milwaukee a lot. Just not having to worry about him. Yeah. Booker, I could talk about all day. I think he is, he is really coming into what he's going to be for the next, I don't know, eight to 10 years. Um, He's, you know, everyone outside of Phoenix, outside of Kentucky, kind of views him as a three-point shooter, but he is so much more than a three-point shooter. As a matter of fact, he seems to be more effective in the mid-range, and I know you're a big (laughs) mid-range fan. Uh, So, um, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on Booker. I actually want to spend most of the time on Aiton when it comes to the Suns because of what he has done, the step forward that he's made this year, how good he's been on defense and on offense and consistent, especially in the playoffs and uh, there in game one as well. But you package those two guys together, Booker and Aiden. And if you're a Phoenix fan, you've got to be excited about what's it. Cause the, the egos seem to be relatively in check with those guys, especially Aiden. Um, and you talked about that with Chris Paul. Aiden has, has taken the criticism or the critiquing of Chris Paul. Not every young center would do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so it seems like the mindset of Booker and Aiden and the other guys, Bridges is important on that too. They've really bought in to what Monty Williams and Chris Paul are doing in the leadership roles, and it's it's turning out phenomenal. DeAndre Ayton, to me, is kind of the the X factor in it all because um, he is – I don't know. He's got to be the better third guy, and he's competing <laughs> with Drew Holiday, a bit, Drew Holiday to be the better third guy right now, yeah. I think at least. Um, and he's performing. It's incredible. Well, and I would say he's certainly – if you're looking at like third guy versus third guy matchup – I would also argue Chris Paul when his first guy for first guy matchup or Booker, whichever one you want to call one, two there. Yep. But like they seem to win each of those matchups in game one, but DeAndre Aiden won his probably by the biggest margin, right? Cause we had a really rough uh, game one. I, defensively, whenever you have a big and they're putting the pick and roll, it's always interesting to see how they play. Like, do they come up level with the guard and are they athletic enough to retreat back and those kind of things? His mobility is, is it was the season of the big man. You had Joel Embiid, you had Nikola Jokic, he kind of went a little under the radar and his mobility defensively has really allowed a lot of different schemes. Um, like he'll cover Giannis and mm-hmm. not every seven footer is athletic enough to keep up with Giannis out there. Like just right. frankly, you know, and, and that's not an easy assignment. That's a two time MVP, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he's, he's bodying him up. He's not getting run over when Giannis goes to the drive. He's switching what, or he's transitioning into switches while on screens. Um, he's really, really talented. And frankly, this is not an NBA draft podcast. I'm sure we want to talk that later. We can, he's got to be helping guys like Evan Mobley's draft stock, right? Like everyone's seeing, like, Oh man, like that, the seven footer still is something you need. Um, and and I, I think that that's, he's showing that as well as, you know, any other big end of the season. Um, looking at the, uh, bucks and seeing where they are with things we've got, um, I'm watching those defensive setups that were going on, and you've got Giannis. He was being guarded by Aiden. You've got P.J. Tucker guarding Chris Paul and, and the other way around as well. Um, so what are the Bucks? They're going to have to make adjustments. Do you know what kind of adjustments they're going to have to make to be successful? The first thing I think of is the smaller ball lineups. When they went with Lopez and Giannis and Tucker on the floor at once, um, what that ended up meaning was Lopez kind of had to guard Aiden 
because he's not mobile and to keep up with anyone else. Um, and that kind of dictate a lot of other things. Whereas when you can put Giannis on Aiden, it opens up some of the other spots. I like Ben Forbes in the lineup. He's not starting for them as of game one. Um, but Bryn Forbes coming in as a shooter. Um, I went back and forth with a guy named Chris Dunn. On, uh, he's another writer, Belly Sports, on the midweek mid-range about Bobby Portis and Bobby Portis minutes. Um, to me, if you're going to bleed points with Brooke Lopez out there, you might as well get some offense out of Bobby Portis too. Chris thought you might want to go defense, but that's just the difference between the two of us. I think a lineup though with Giannis at the five and PJ at more like a four, you know, call me a homer, but more like PJ played in Houston as opposed to the three. Um, and then you've got to put Drew on – Chris, uh, Drew Holiday on Chris Paul because I don't think they put him on Booker to slow him down and then they had no answer for Paul. Um, I think shutting down Paul and then you, you know, you can't, you got to live with something, whether it's Booker driving kicks to Jay Crowder or something like you got to cut, you got to live with something. Um, I would put, move that around with a smaller lineup. Giannis is big enough to help out and cover Aiden and also recover the cut, you know, protect the rim. He's still, he's not giving up anything there. But that's the initial thought I would have would be to go to a smaller lineup with a lot of Giannis minutes. I thought it was interesting on the lineups. No single group of five players played more than nine minutes. There was no like continuous. So like clearly Milwaukee was still figuring it out too. Um, Who knows, you know, maybe Bud watched film and it's going to go with someone for longer than that. But like the Phoenix Sun starters played over 22 minutes together on the floor and no group from Milwaukee played more than nine minutes together. And I think that means they weren't, they weren't ready. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and it means they're tinkering for sure. You know, I just kept watching and I, I like PJ Tucker. I liked him when he was in Phoenix. Um, he, he really found his role in, in Houston, but just watching that game one, I thought he kind of looks like he doesn't belong out there right now. Yeah. He's, he's kind of again, offensively, he's not really producing. Um, and then defensively, it just didn't work what they were doing with them in game one. I kind of wondered, and I heard, I think, uh, I want to give the right credit. I think it was Ryan Rosillo, but I could be wrong talking about this too. And the idea that, that Tucker, this might be a series where Tucker actually is going to lose minutes and they've got to, but they've got to have to find someone to produce. And Forbes is kind of the guy right now that you look at and go, okay, well, he can shoot. <laughs> so yeah. but you're going to need him out there at some you point. Can at least, in time. You can at least trade twos for threes because. Right. Ren Forbes can really shoot. Yeah. I, the Tucker thing, it's I don't know what his matchup is. I don't think mm-hmm. it's on the guards like Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Um, you know, does that mean he's almost wasted guarding a Jay Crowder? And is it better to have a smaller guy? I don't, I don't know. He, but I wouldn't put him on one of those backcourt guys. I think that that showed to be a problem on on Tuesday in game one. So yeah. I'm not yeah, an NBA and, coach, but that's not my move. Yeah. And Paul, I mean, you just watched it with Paul. He would, the whole Suns team, they would find the matchup every time. They would, get whoever they wanted to have the ball, and then they would call for the pick. The pick would come, and it would switch off from the guy they wanted. And then yeah. Chris Paul would do his little move and go up for the you know, the the 15-footer and then or go in for the layup. Or if it was Booker, he'd curl off of it and go hit something. And it was incredible to watch the Suns just kind of meticulously pick apart whatever Milwaukee threw at them in game one. Um, so game two is tonight, um, and – for most people listen to this, so they'll be listening to it after the game. So we're not going to do predictions for game two because it'll, <laughs> it's not worth it. But, um, I, is, is Bud the coach next year for Milwaukee if they get swept in the finals? If they get swept, I, I think they move on. And I think that you see this a lot out of teams that just kind of want a new voice. I, I, I think that's kind of what happened in Dallas just now. Like no one's going to say Rick Carl is not a good coach. 
Right. They need a new voice there, right? And I think the deal will be if Bud and them get swept to the finals this year, or even if they just lose the finals, even if it's you know, a tough six-game series or something like that, I think the argument will just be, you know, you beat a battered Brooklyn team, but really this has kind of run its course. We've done as far as we can with Bud. Um, I will say I've been impressed with him this year to his defense. His ar- My argument against him before would have been he didn't experiment enough. Mm-hmm. And this year I felt like they kind of had been. And now I <laughs> – I wish those experiments were yielding some result. Like I wish like he'd be like, okay, we practice for this in the regular season by doing these different things that we don't normally do. Now it's time to run out with that. And I don't think he's quite there yet in this series. Maybe it'll prove me wrong, but I think yeah. if they lose, he's probably done. And I, and I, it's not like you can say about many coaches in the NBA finals, right? Like, <laughs> right. I thought, you know, I, I was thinking about, and now it might be too late, honestly. I mean, I don't know who you bring in. You've got guys like D'Antoni as far as experience goes, out there that that could could come in. I thought that Carlisle actually would have been a great fit in Milwaukee. Yeah. And I love the higher form in Indianapolis too. I think there's a lot of success that can be had there. And then of course you've got the the different assistants that are out there and things like that too. Maybe even a college coach, who knows? Um but uh that's interesting because yeah you don't, very rarely do you talk about uh a guy in the championship that, you know, his job might be on the line still. <laughs> and, and I thought he improved. I thought his, his, uh, in-game changes, his in-game, uh, um, adjustments got better this year too. And he worked through some hard stuff in the playoffs to get the team where they are. Uh, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see the last thing for you on Milwaukee. They, I said at the going into the playoffs that Drew Holiday had to earn his contract really in that Brooklyn series. Um, that's, that's where he had to earn it. But then he got fortunate with the injuries against Brooklyn and he and played no, okay. But there's uh, no defense. real guard and no backcourt guy for him to cover. <laughs> right. So now, so now's this chance, right? This is, this is like a, a legend building series, I think, for Giannis. Uh, I think it could be for Middleton if he continues to play well. Booker, Chris Paul, it, so much of this series, whoever wins it, there's going to be just a, a boost in their, their legend, so to say, as well. Who do you think has the most to gain? Um, I'm going to take Chris Paul out of this. Who do you think has the most to gain from uh, NBA Finals Championship this year, other than Chris Paul? <laughs> well, Chris Paul is the easy answer. He's so old, right? Yeah. Like The truth is, these other guys, I'm, we're going to mention Giannis, Booker, whomever, they may have more chances, and so that, yeah. that's, that seems unfair. I think it's taking Chris Paul out becomes Giannis because mm-hmm. – whether it's his free throw stuff or getting beat by Miami last year in the bubble or whatever the case may be. He seems to be this guy like, well, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's the regular regular season MVP, but we know what happens after that, right? Like yeah. Booker has had less experience in the playoff. Right? This is his first, play- first playoff run ever, right? and he doesn't have any of that, right? No one questions Devin Booker. We know what he can do. But for whatever reason, fair or unfair, we throw that at Giannis. Either it's because we have higher expectations or because of whatever, anyway. But what for whatever reason, we, we throw that at Giannis and we don't throw that at Booker. Um, I think that's the next logical place for that. Um, if he were to lose in an embarrassing way in the finals, yeah, he's only 26. He realistically could win a couple more before he's 30 even, right? But right. that starts to become this like, oh man, Giannis just can't get it done. He beat, <laughs> he beat Brooklyn, but like they were hurt, right? Like, like right. those kinds of things <laughs> will pop back up and that's, that's no good, right? That's no yeah. Good. Well, haters will always hate, as they say, <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, Parker Ainsworth from Belly Up Sports. Tell everybody, I know you've got uh, the podcast. You've got the midweek mid-range show. So uh, let everybody know when and where they can find you at. <laughs> yeah, we release, it's usually Mondays, but the start of the week we have an audio-only podcast called FN Sports. 
Uh, it's where teachers grade sports topics and, and issues, and it's a very teacher-themed sports show. Obviously, as you tell behind me, this is a, a virtual <laughs> classroom of sorts. Um, but it's a fun – it's an audio-only show wherever you get your podcasts, usually on Mondays. Uh, we also have the Midweek Midrange is a weekly basketball show. That's on YouTube on Wednesday nights. Um, that's at 9 o'clock Eastern every Wednesday. It's usually a handful of belly-up sports writers, uh, people talking basketball and things like that, especially with the finals going on and the NBA draft and then the Olympics, like lots of basketball talk. And then as Painsworth 512 is my Twitter. You can see stuff I write, and I'll share all that kind of stuff, that fun stuff through there whenever you want. Um, but yeah, I, I'm typically pretty active. It's been summer vacation, so I've been a little in and out, but <laughs> I'm typically pretty active. So you can find me all over the place. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you, Parker. We'll have to have you back on to talk about Olympics as we get there. I'm excited yeah. about that. And, uh, the draft, I'm, I'm a, I'm an off season geek. I love off seasons, <laughs> trades, free agencies, yeah. uh, drafts. I love that stuff. So we'll, we'll get you back on. Maybe we'll bring you back on, uh, with Wayne G as well. It's a good conversation, <laughs> a uh, there. Lots of good stuff there. So, Parker, thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, today and talking some basketball. All right, that was Parker Ainsworth. He joined us just right before the program started, so we were able to get him uh, in. Sure appreciate him uh, doing his part and talking basketball with us. Always enjoy Parker. He's got a great podcast, FN Sports Podcast. Make sure you go find it wherever you get your podcasts and take a listen. And then the midweek mid-range on Wednesday evenings as well, talking basketball uh, there. You get to see some more of the Belly Up Sports talent on that midweek mid-range show as well. Tonight's episode is being presented by Skull Candy, many and mighty dime earbuds from Skull Candy. Bring on those expensive look at me earbud brands. Dime backs down to no one. You get easy to use controls, a comfortable fit, and the signature Skull Candy Supreme Supreme Sound, all in a beautiful tiny package for a beautiful tiny price of just twenty four ninety nine. Only Skull Candy headphones are custom tuned to deliver music you can feel from the lyrics in your soul to the bass in your bones. Click the Skull Candy link in the podcast notes or the YouTube description where you can get your pair of dime earbuds for just $24.99. You'll also find the link to Yeti coolers there where you can get great Yeti merchandise as well. To wrap up the podcast today, we are going to preview the UFC 264 coming up on Saturday and give you all of the correct picks for the main card in UFC 264. Of course, it's headlined by Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor uh, there. And uh, the return or the rematch, the third fight, the trilogy, I guess, is what they call that, right? Uh, for Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier is the headline, the main event. Everything that's going to draw the eyes is Conor McGregor. And we're going to get to that fight in just a moment. But I want to give you a few quick picks on the main card, something to be thinking about. It's going to start off with Sean O'Malley and Chris Moutinho. Uh, Sean O'Malley, a minus 800 favorite. If you pick against that, you're crazy. He's trying to tell people that, hey, no, Chris is a good fighter. He's going to be a good challenge. It's just not the case. Uh, Sean O'Malley, if it is the case, Sean O'Malley's got issues. And uh, so Sean O'Malley's your winner in that fight. There's not a whole lot to talk about with that one. Irene Aldana uh, versus Yana Kunitskaya. Uh, Aldana's coming off a loss. Kunitskaya, I believe, is a two-fight win streak for her. The longer this fight goes, the better it is for Yana Kunitskaya. And uh, I'm picking Kunitskaya. She is the underdog in this fight at plus 100, uh, almost even. But uh, nonetheless, the underdog. 
And uh, just I think everything fits better with what she's doing. She's coming in off of a little bit better situation and and circumstances. And so we're going to lean Yana Kunitskaya uh, in that fight. Then Ty Tuavasa, Bam Bam, is going up against Greg Hardy. And for the love of all that is good and decent, will the UFC gods please give us a just brutal knockout of Greg Hardy. Uh, we've all won it, right? If you don't, I'm not sure what's wrong with you. Bam Bam coming off of two straight wins, but honestly, the competition in those wins um, just wasn't quite at his level. And so he hasn't, he has not been pushed much uh, as of late. Greg Hardy um, has had a pretty successful UFC career, I would say. But uh, I just, every time he's on the card, I just pray that he gets his face beat in. And I know that's violent and not very nice, but that's how I feel about Greg Hardy. And so I believe it's going to happen finally to Tuavasa. Uh, he is the guy that can do it. Greg Hardy has a better ground game than Tuavasa does. Tuavasa is just wants to knock you out. And so we'll see how it all works out in the end. But I've got two Tuavasa. He is the favorite at 135, minus 135. Uh, there as well. Gilbert Burns versus Steven Thompson. This is an interesting fight. It should be well matched. Burns coming off a loss to the champion Usman uh, is a plus 130 underdog. Steven Thompson coming off of two straight wins. The favorite in this fight. When it comes to UFC fights, I typically tend to go with the favorites um, I believe the last time I looked, the favorites were winning like 65% of the time. So if you're just trying to pick winners, you know, the favorites are just going to be the smart, the smart picks here. Gilbert Burns, though, to me is a fighter that can do damage to Stephen Thompson. I like his resume and what he's done. And, uh, looking through just some of the basic stats, if you look those up and you look at some of the basic stats, Burns actually comes out a little better in a number of different areas. He's more accurate with his strikes. Um, he, he, he attempts more takedowns, but, uh, Thompson is more, uh, uh accurate in his takedowns. So you kind of got to figure out what's going to happen there. Uh, Burns is, is, has a better submission average than Thompson does. So we're going to go with the underdog Gilbert Burns against Stephen Thompson in that fight. Um, for whatever reason, Stephen Thompson is a fighter that I just can't get behind. It's not that I don't like him, but I just, I, when it comes to picking fights and I try to take all of the, with the exception of Greg Hardy, I try to take all the personal feelings out of it, kind of who I'm cheering for, those kinds of things and look at the numbers. Gilbert Burns, to me, the numbers just make sense that he wins this fight. So we're going to go with Gilbert Burns over Stephen Thompson. Then that brings us to the main event of the evening. Connor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Of course, Poirier won the last fight. He is the favorite in this fight as well. McGregor is a plus 115 underdog. It's been five years since Connor McGregor had a win against a really good fighter. Um, I'm not trying to be mean to Donald Cerrone, but in that fight, when McGregor's last victory against Donald Cerrone, Cerrone just wasn't, he is at that point in his career. He wasn't a competitive fight, uh, there. So it's been five years since McGregor has won a competitive fight. Of course, he has the loss to Nirmaga Madoff. He also has the loss to Poirier. And so, uh, I look at a number of different things here. McGregor has never lost back to back fights. Uh, as a professional, Dustin Poirier coming in is, is as good as he's ever been right now, too, coming off the win. A few things concern me about Poirier. He has been a little bit open with his game plan, and you know maybe he's just lying about everything, but it just doesn't seem like he is. 
that's kind of dangerous when you're talking about it, giving your opponents opportunities to learn and prepare for. Going into the last fight, McGregor was not prepared for the leg kicks, did not adjust to it, and that was his doom. And I just, at this point, I'm not ready to say McGregor's done. If he loses the Poirier, then what is Conor McGregor? He's not the greatest fighter of all time or even top five. Uh, he is, he's, he hit that, that, that age now where it's like, if he loses this fight, he's pretty much done as a champion fighter in the UFC. Can he still sell tickets? Yes. Can he still sell pay-per-views? Yes. And he can still fight and, and, and I don't know, another five fights after who knows, but Conor McGregor, uh, has to win this fight to really solidify himself as one of the best UFC fighters of all time. And for that reason, I put the desperation on Connor, and we know what he's capable of. And so I'm picking Connor McGregor to win the fight against Dustin Poirier on Saturday night and continuing his streak of not losing two fights back to back. That is the UFC 264 preview. There are great fights on the undercard as well. Carlos Condit uh, is there going against Griffin. You've got uh, some other younger people in, in these fights. Hall is going to be fighting uh, as well. Even the early prelims have some intriguing fights on them also. And so it'll be worth tuning into and possibly worth your money for the pay-per-view as well. It's I'm not a pay-per-view guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a little too tight with my wallet, but uh, nonetheless, I think the fights will be fun. I think it should be a good fight card. I don't think on the main, especially the main card, I don't think you'll have a lot of fights go the distance. So you want to see those knockouts and submissions. I think at least three uh, of the five are going to be finishes. And so we'll see how all that breaks down as well. The UFC has done a great job since the COVID situation of putting out things that are worth watching. And I believe that this card will be the same as well. Feel free to comment wherever you're watching or listening your picks for UFC 264. Make sure you stand by them. Come out with some conviction. Uh, don't try to find a way to win either way. No, make a pick, stand by it, and uh, let me know who you got. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, Gilbert Burns, or Stephen Thompson, Bam Bam Tuivasa, or Greg Hardy, Aldana, or Kunitskaya, and Sean O'Malley. If you pick Chris Mutino, you're just crazy. Uh, so nonetheless, it's your pick. You do with it what you will. I'll do what I want with mine as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast Live. We're back with you again on Tuesday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, bringing you more great content. Uh, Dad should be back with me on Tuesday, I believe, as well. So enjoy the NBA Finals. Enjoy the uh, fights this weekend. And guess what? We're getting closer to football season. Good things are happening, and it's right around the corner. Make sure you visit the links. Use the links for Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers in the uh, podcast notes or the YouTube description. And until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.